Welcome to episode one of Potty Mullet, the fortnightly podcast series from the Victorian Fisheries Authority. In this episode, I'm joined by the Minister for Fisheries, Yala Pulford, and the CEO of Fisheries, Travis Dowling. Okay, great. Minister, welcome. Trav, welcome to you. It's great to have everyone in the room in a what is a very busy time for you guys by the sounds of things. Oh yeah, we like to keep pretty busy. It's fantastic to be here. It's very exciting. It's an exciting uh, podcast. I, I'm, I'm really excited about doing it. I know there's a lot of people out there uh, that's going to be enjoying it sitting in their boat or on the edge of a river, just having killing some time enjoying the, the atmosphere with a podcast that they can tune into. Well, I think this is going to rocket up the podcast charts, <laughs> based on everything else I've learned about fisheries over the last five years. Um, there's a big audience. Everybody wants to know the latest of what's going on and I reckon I'm backing our VFA people to cr- uh, create something that is engaging and fun but informative and everything you want in a good podcast. So it's a bit of an honour to be invited to join you for the first one. That's fantastic. It's exciting. We're going for number one. We're going for number one spot. <laughs> That's, well, I think you know, there's going to be a million recreational fishers listening to it for the start, and I'm pretty sure it's going to uh, knock talking fishing off its perch. So. <laughs> That's a challenge <laughs> That's that you've right. set? Okay, you're putting yeah. it out there? I suppose let, we could start by... by Giving us a bit of a, a wrap up, we're, we've we've come from phase one of target one million, and we're moving into phase two. As a snapshot, how have you felt about t- phase one? Oh, uh, look, I am. Um, you know, when when the government changed, we won the election back in two thousand and fourteen. Um, I didn't have any particular expectation about what sort of role I would be in or anything like that, and. Uh, you know, there's a, a f- in those first few days after the election, there's a whole lot of activity, lots of meetings and discussions, and then, um, you know, a phone call from the Premier saying, I'd like you to be the Agriculture Minister, uh, which was super exciting. And very shortly thereafter, I learnt that there was this huge aspect to that job, uh, which is all about fishing. And my very first event I attended was in Torquay, uh, we were putting these humongous big concrete blocks out about three kilometres uh, off the coast at Torquay and that was my introduction to being the fisheries <laughs> minister. It's like, my God, what is this? We're going to put these huge things down in the water and a whole bunch of little critters are going to move in and we're going to create this awesome habitat where people can go fishing. And Fantastic reef. Yeah, yeah, just brilliant. Yep, artificial reef. Huge. There you go. So it's been a... Big learning curve for I re- me. I reckon there'd be people out there off Torquay at the moment hooking into some kingfish, listening to this, thinking, thank you for doing that because <laughs> it's been fantastic. Yeah, look, and, and, and that was um, yeah, that, that was sort of my first intro and and we've just kind of been going from strength to strength. So um, my predecessor in this portfolio, um, Jacinda Allen, had worked closely with fishing groups and um, yeah, different people to put together the policy. So I can't take much credit for it. It's... Uh, it's development but um, it's been an absolute pleasure to deliver it and so we had um, lots and lots of different parts of it but the like I guess the headline um, the thing that was most expensive the thing that was um, most difficult and perhaps the thing that was most impactful of the dozens and dozens of things that we did in target one million phase one was um the cessation of commercial netting in Port Phillip and Cryer Base. And, uh, you know, so we got right into that. There was all manner of work that we had to do uh, 
with a treasurer around you know, very large um, sums of money for appropriate and fair compensation for uh, the 43 licence holders. Um, there's eight of those that will transition their business into a line fishery and uh compensation for those that have exited and almost all of them opted out in year one that was you know that was difficult reform but you know what I hear from anglers all the time now is just how much better the fishing is and so you know we got we got into that but then you know then they said right it's time for you to learn how to do some fish stocking and the next <laughs> thing I know I'm like up to my waist in waders, yeah. yep, in waders up yeah. to my waist in the water and mm. they're handing me this you know, kind of cold, slimy mm. creature that's desperately <laughs> wanting to be helped by somebody who knows what they're doing. Anyway, it's been it's been a riot. We've had we've had a good time, and um, fish stocking. Uh, it's been um, yeah, it's been again a big job. Um, uh, started at about two million a year. Uh, set ourselves a goal of getting up to five million. Got to that. Walked straight through that to six. I think we finished, we're about seven million a year yeah, now. Yeah, seven million right? fish. Yeah, across, and lots of them really uh, remnant natives that were endangered until we really kicked this um, stocking program up. Now, I don't want to cut Was in. Was that the trout cod that yeah, we basically brought back from extinction? The trout cod and Macquarie perch. Mm. Yeah, they're um, like amazing fish that a lot of people who are listening to this podcast might have fished for when they were children, and then uh, basically a lot of them disappeared from our waterways with carp and redfin and others coming through. And through the investment from the from the government now, we've been able to put more money back in. Can I just ask a question, Minister, because I heard a really nasty rumour that there may be one person in Victoria who doesn't know what Targa 1 million stands for. Who'd that be? Yeah, exactly. There was oh, some, yeah, right. So yeah. that was a, that was a, you put that out there and now I can explain what the, it exactly, is. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So Target 1 million <laughs> is what we call our fishing policy. Yeah. Um, and it's about getting the number of people who go fishing up to a million. We reckon we're nudging it. We reckon we're we're getting pretty close. And yeah, anecdotally, you hear it all the time about um, you know huge numbers of people participating. Um, but when we started, we're sort of a bit over seven hundred thousand yep. people. We, um, you know, uh, we had an evaluation, an independent evaluation undertaken to sort of give us a starting point so we could measure our success. And so it's about more people fishing more often. Now, in our first term, uh, we had $46 million fishing commitment. In our second term, $35 million. The difference there isn't a downgrading of effort. It's uh, The main distinction there is the scale of the buyout in Port Phillip Bay. So like the effort in terms of all sorts of... So the stocking money's still there and the events event money and all that's stocking, all still there. All that stuff's yep. still going gangbusters. Um, and people might not unreasonably say, geez, that's a lot spent on fishing. Um, but there is a more than $2 billion a year economic benefit to the Victorian community, uh, tens of thousands of jobs created and like from Mallacoota to Portland, up on the Murray River and everywhere in between. Um, but the bit you can't put a price on is seeing, you're going for a walk along a pier and seeing kids with their mums and dads yeah. off the couch, off the iPad um, and, just, and just being in these communities. And I think that best thing i mean the fish stocking is always yep. a great <laughs> laugh but the thing that i love the most about being the fisheries minister is getting to know 
um, the men and women that are associated with clubs and to just get to be a little part, a little bit connected to what is really an extraordinary community. Mm. And I've seen, you know, fishing clubs, fundraising for research for mates in clubs who've got rare diseases. Yep. I've seen, yep. um, you know, older people in the community um, perhaps maybe lost their partner and very alone, big change in their lives, being kind of brought back out into um, being more active with their friends by their fishing mates. You see little kids, you see all these people volunteering, working with people, um, you know, uh, people with a, a disability. Like the fish, I have grown to love the fishing community very, very much. And, you know, it's um, it, it's really, that's probably been my highlight, I think. It's um, it's uh, faces and places, I think, is a term that's been put on fishing. You know, you, you go and you meet all these people and so you're meeting all these new faces and people that are really passionate and you're seeing all these beautiful places. And, uh, and you know, with, with the investment from the state government, I mean, we're running trout conferences now. We've got Murray Cod conferences. You know, I don't want to take away, like, a Vic Fish Kids events. There are just there are so many different touch points now um, with the investment we've got in fishing in Victoria that is getting really strong engagement. I have to say, Minister, one of the things that we find um, at, a, at a departmental level is that we are the envy of Australia in terms of other departments going... Gee, how did you get the government to commit so much money to fishing? And I think, um, you know, it, you know, we, we should be really proud of that as a state and where we're at, um, because it's it's not just spending a lot of money. The dividends, like you're talking about, in towns like Eildon, where you can't get a pie on trout opening these days, or you can't you know, book accommodation, you go up to Portland when the tuna are on. You know, there's, you know, literally uh, the investment that's occurring in these regional towns. For many of them, it's um, you know, it, it it is what's keeping the towns really uh, thriving, and it's fantastic. Yeah, and we're going to gear that up a bit. Uh, mm. So, um, the the team uh, at Fisheries have been developing a fishing tourism strategy. Very exciting. And uh, it was pretty funny where this was part of our election commitment. Mm. We got a call pretty soon after, didn't we, from um, the tourism people saying. Mm. What do you mean a wreck fishing tourism strategy? What's that? And so we've actually had a bit of fun sitting down with the tourism people, you know, who experts in bringing people from all around the world to come and, you know, experience what we have here in Victoria, whether it's the great outdoors or big events in Melbourne. Um, And, you know, and, and, and really there are so many spots where people coming for fishing and for boating is a huge um, part of their economic activity. And so that's about jobs, that's about uh, towns and cities being strong and vibrant. And, you know, that's you know, it's a really great mm. part of the story as well. A bit more on that in maybe before the end of the year and if not very early next year. Yeah, and another part of that for me, and I've I've got a I know there's a bunch of my friends listening that are mad keen on their kayaks, and and some of the the new things that I'm hearing is some of the accessibility options that are out and about, and and knowing that they're going to have access to new waterways for them is really exciting them. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, so um, so this is target one million phase two, and there's a lot of different parts to that. We're yep. going to have a our own native fish hatchery uh, somewhere in the Shepparton area and um, we're making good progress on that and, you know, all sorts of other things, some prawns and lake ties. But I think one of the um, really uh, exciting parts of Target 1 Million Phase 2 is uh, 
around changing the rules to allow people to use boats and kayaks with electric motors on a number of lakes. So Tullerup, Lauriston, Hepburn, Barkers Creek, Upper Colliburn and Malmesbury. Yeah. There's been a lot of work. I mean, Trevor, you might be able to talk about this a bit more, but lots of work with different, you know, like the water authorities. And, Absolutely. Um, yeah, because obviously they've got, they've got a big role yep. and a big responsibility. So a lot of kind of behind the scenes work and a lot of hard work and, you know, pay, pay uh, credit to the uh, VFA team for their uh, endeavours here. But that election commitment is um, substantially delivered now. And really, like these are public places, public assets. It's like the rule changes that are in the works around um, recognising that uh, people who are already camping along rivers um, can be there and are there legitimately and that we need the laws to recognise that. So really this is about making sure that everyone gets fair and reasonable access to the state's Beautiful assets. And do you remember when we did the launch at Upper Colliburn, the Kite and Angling Club come along and how happy the Kite and Angling Club were at, you know, this was sort of a, a lifelong dream for them to have access to be able to put, um, you know, kayaks and boats with electric motors on these waterways. Mm. Um, and also there was... Um, There's a gentleman there told me he'd been yeah. pushing for this for the best part of 50 years. That's right, you know, and um, to have, I suppose it's to have that, uh, um, you know, the backing of the Victorian community in just moving forward in providing these opportunities and I think the camping crown land access one is a really significant one for lots of mums and dads who might be short of a buck camping up um, you know in some of these areas doesn't cost them any money apart from the you know the fuel and the food when they get up there um, they get to take their dog and they get to have their campfire and they've been doing it for a long time and now um, you know the government is stepping in to ensure that or enshrining that um, their ability to go and do that and to enjoy that recreational pastime and catch a fish at the same time. It's, and, don't, yeah. and don't you think just the best sleep you ever have is in a tent? Yeah, It's absolutely. like a whole other <laughs> level of sleep. And a swag, yeah. Oh, yeah, so nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, in a whole lot of different ways, the government works um, hard to make these kinds of opportunities available. And, you know, my colleague, the Minister for Environment, she's got all sorts of stuff going on in parks and, um, you know, trails and tracks and camping, um, uh, cheaper and more accessible and, and, and depending on which location, um, free parking, uh, free camping opportunities. Um, with boat ramps, we've made them free yep. for parking and launching. You know, people work hard and they don't have... No one's got as much leisure time yeah. as they'd like and people spending time with their families, um, being able to put their hard earned uh, to good use and their finite time mm. to just being with the people that they love and doing something that they really enjoy. Like We just want to make that easier for people. It's as simple as that really. Absolutely. And as someone with uh, three young kids, that is just music to my ears and I'm sure there's plenty of parents out there who are in the same boat when they hear all these things coming up that ultimately is going to make their weekends easier. They're able to take the kids camping next to a river or um, take the kayaks into a waterway they weren't able to. But on top of all that, the actual fishing yeah. is improving. And as you touched on earlier, Minister, from a recreational angler's point of view, I don't think it's ever been better in Victoria. Uh, it's um, it's just great. And I hear it from people all the time how good the fishing is. Yeah. Um, I'm 
I'm an occasional diver. I'd like to be a frequent diver, but you know, it's um, very accomplished. Take a lot, take a lot of spare time. <laughs> yeah, this job. But um, going diving in a couple of weeks, and I've um, I've tracked down some of the new season's uh, lobster tags, lobster and tag. I've never actually even seen one under the water, let alone catch one. But you know, we'll live in hope. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, with the optimism of all good, um, all fishermen yeah, and women. Exactly. It's, yeah. Um, but. Uh, Loads and loads of people telling me all the time how good the fishing is. I mean, Port Phillip in particular. um, Snapper, Whiting. Very different experience for people. And, you know, I guess my ambition for Victoria's fisheries, for our wreck fishing communities, doesn't matter how how useless you are at it, how Mm. unskilled you are, um, this is like something everyone can do and enjoy and be successful at. Like this is going to be, you know, and the fish docking is just a great complement to that. One of the things that we've got in our um, target one million phase two is stocking suburban lakes um, with fish. And, you know, I mean, that's when I – when we were putting that together uh, before the last election, like that's kids getting on their bikes after school – um, with their mates going fishing and not having to even, you know, go away for the weekend and, or and get in the car for a long trip. It's just right there in your backyard. Yeah, and it's giving them a quality fishing experience as well. So a lot of these, and we know with a lot of housing estates that um, one of the things that developers love doing is putting in a, uh, a hiking bike trail around uh, a waterway or, you know, a man-made lake or so forth uh, in these areas. But for a lot of, for a lot of children, we, we've been stocking these lakes with, uh, with rainbow trout um, for winters and school holidays but you know it's when it gets to summer and people want to put a pair of shorts on and just get out there and ride their bike down and have a crack we want to make sure that there's not just like small carp and which we don't stock by the way uh, but not there's not just carp and stunted redfin in there it's it's a quality fishing experience so bringing species like murray cod and golden perch and others uh to uh to these children and to people who live in melbourne because um, some people don't have the ability, either the money to drive up to regional Victoria or, you know, you know um, children you know, can't get out there if their parents aren't that way inclined to take them out there or, or can't because they're busy with other yeah, parts of their the life. Long hours or whatever. Yeah. yeah, so just for mm. listeners who might not have caught up with this as we've been getting around doing it, but Roeville, Lilydale, Kakarook, Casey Fields, Navin Park, Roxburgh and Melton. So yeah. almost any direction you're living in. Yep. Um, yeah. And putting natives in there, there's something pretty exciting for young kids about catching a native, you know, Australian fish too, which is which is fantastic. On the kids, uh, I think one thing I've, I've, um, I've, I'm sure you'll be able to shed some light on is some more programs involving kids, and I think that's something that you guys are, have been talking about a bit for Phase 2 of Target 1 Million. Look, credit where credit's due. I don't think either of us can really um, claim to be the... Um, mastermind of Vic Fish Kids, um, but many of your listeners uh, to this podcast will know of Rex Hunt yeah, and his passion and his passion um, for investing in future generations, and of course his passion for fishing. Um, this is uh, something that. Uh, we were thrilled to be able to ask Rex if he'd be our ambassador because I don't think you'd find a bigger advocate on the planet for getting kids out fishing. And, uh, yeah, so we have all sorts of fun events all over the place and kids come along um, handing out rod and reel kits for people who haven't had a go, working with angling clubs who have volunteers come and show kids how to to cast stuff and also – you know, also really instilling a good culture in kids at the get-go about, 
you're knowing the rules, knowing the regulations and knowing the importance of, Mm. um, you know, sustainable fishing as well. Uh, So it's just, it's just beautiful. And we've also done some, um, Vic Fish Kids stuff with the um, Victorian Multicultural Commission as well and different parts of Melbourne as well. So uh, getting kids from all walks of life, kids who might, you know, whose families might not have um, even been here for more than a, a couple of years and, and getting them involved in this fishing community as well, which has been fantastic. We have an amazing multicultural fishery across Victoria in terms of uh, different communities that target different species at different times. And it's a real reflection. It's like a, it's a canvas of Victoria that plays out across the fishing world. And, uh, you know, it is a great reflection on the state of, of you know, basically the, all the different communities and you know, people fishing for pippies or, you know, abalone or, you know, targeting yellowbelly and Lake Yildon. Uh, I would say, Minister, one of the things that, uh, that is just wonderful about, um, you know, getting all the children to these events is seeing the mums and dads, and often we have single parents that come to these events, but just seeing that time that they get to spend with their children at these events and the fact the events are free and... So it's, it's not another. It's not a, an impost on people to come along, and it's a great day uh, where they get a show bag and they uh, and you know, they get some equipment and they get to go fishing, and uh, and they're lifelong memories for a lot of those children, which is fantastic. Oh, it's just so much fun. Yeah. I mean, it's just you know, like I think about some of my early fishing memories, and they're they're very happy memories. Mm. Fishing and boating um, hand in hand in a lot of cases in Victoria. Um, Minister for boating as well, and there's a lot of. St- a lot of things happening in that space by the sounds of things. Do you want to give shed us a bit of light on some of the things we can look forward to in the boating space? Yeah, so just on a year ago uh, when, um, you know, the government went before the people and, and sought a second term uh, and was supported by the Victorian community to do that, my job changed. Uh, in fact, almost all my job changed except the fishing bit. Um, so uh, one of my mates is uh, now the Minister for Agriculture and uh, I look after roads and road safety, um, which is a whole other long podcast conversation, <laughs> of course. Um, but uh, fisheries uh, has come across to a new portfolio of fishing and boating. So we've never had a Minister for Boating specifically before. It's sort of fallen into um, different roles, ports or, or into roads um, but it's such a good synergy between fishing and boating. I have had loads of people. In fact, if I had a dollar for everyone who said, what about camping? <laughs> yeah, well, throw that in there as the well. The Minister <laughs> for the Environment's hanging on to camping. Exactly. Um, but fishing and boating, it's, um, yeah, two, part, two parts of, uh, of, of that uh, three-headed creature. Um, so, yeah, um, boating, we've got some really big election commitments and this is, uh, you know, in, in some respects with fishing we're just – kind of going from strength to strength. When I think about the boating part of my responsibilities, it's really like running a startup. So we're yeah. you know, we've created Better Boating Victoria and, you know, started with a one or two people and we've doubled it and we're sort of doubling <laughs> yeah. it again. Very hard working people. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Huge, yeah, no rest no rest for any of them. Yeah. Um so we've um the the, the main bits of um what we've uh promise to the Victorian community and to boaters in particular that we're going to do is um, every every dollar of their boat licence and boat registration fees will be dedicated to boating safety and facilities. So that's a really big change. It's a 
out like a, sort of over five years, um, it's about twenty nine million dollars a year on average. So really quite huge. dramatic change. But of course, if you're going to do that, you need a good plan about mm. how to do it and, and how to look after that. Well, it's a huge responsibility as well. So we said that we would um, do some critical upgrades at Cows Jetty, but also urgent boat ramp upgrades at Mordialic, Queenscliff Point, Richards Hastings and Rill. And uh, we've got uh, local consultations going on at different stages in all of these places where people can look at the designs. We're talking to people who own boats and who use boats about what exactly they need so that we get it absolutely spot on. Um, We've made the boat ramps fee-free for launching and parking. Made a lot of people very happy. Well, it's one of those things that sort of sounds pretty straightforward and actually isn't remotely straightforward at all. So 22 different organisations with 22 different sets of arrangements about boat fees. So lots of um, behind-the-scenes contract negotiations and working out the right arrangements um, location by location Mm. by location. But we promised we'd get that done before people started putting their boats in the water in the spring and it's really good to have all 22 of those put away and so councils and different committees of management and stuff and they've all been really good to work with and we're just going out for public comment now on a review of boat ramp management so this was one of the things we heard from people a lot before the election about just being a hodgepodge that there wasn't any really systematic way of working out what facilities were needed where and how they related with the ones just down the road and um, how they were properly prioritised against, say, other priorities of whether it's the local council or the committee of management. And so that's that's um, yeah, that's kind of a big project. And, and our first priority was to get the fees off and we've done that and um, we've now launched uh, the um, Boating Victoria app, um, which everyone should check out. I think it's going to be as popular as this podcast. Really <laughs> awesome real-time information about weather, yeah. but also about conditions and setups at, at boat ramps. So that's um, so that's good. People should get on that. And, uh, you know, like without getting ahead of this review that's underway yeah. and, and all the community feedback that we're interested in getting over the, over the summer, um, you know, we're I think we'll probably get to is a dedicated boating infrastructure authority um, so that we can really nail this for all time. So there's can a lot going on there too. Can I, can I just say, Minister, I, like, and I, we talked about this in terms of access on some of these waterways, people in their lives never believed they would see this happening. And, you know, it is just... I know there's been some really hard yards for a lot of people in working this through, but it is huge. Like This has a, has a real... Um, a real benefit every day for people who go fishing uh, and for like the million Victorians who go out there fishing. Um, you know, I witnessed it yesterday at Queenscliff. I mean, people so happy launching their boats, not having to pay 10 or 20 bucks to launch, so not, nice. not, yeah, not having to get on their phones and try and log in and pay. Like they could just go fishing, you know, that relief of finishing work and just going fishing. It's been huge and to achieve it so quickly has been amazing. No, we're um, a really pleased to have that sorted, but um, the 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 new arrangements probably take us, you know, really best part of a couple of years, I think, to work out what the new arrangement's going to look like, get a good sense of what everybody wants that to be and needs that to be, and then putting it in place yeah. is uh, it's going to be a big project. But ultimately, uh, you know, I want us to get to a point where people can be confident about a consistent standard 
that there'll be, um, you know, uh, those really hotspot, big popular locations where people can be absolutely confident about what they're going to get, that maintenance will be... Um, maintenance levels will be high, that dredging will occur when it's needed rather than a year or two after it's needed yeah. and you're constantly um, chasing your tail on that. So that's, um, you know, that's going to be some pretty exciting work for us. But like with the boat ramp design, um, you know, I don't own a boat. Yeah. I, you know, I'm learning a lot about boats. I'll tell you <laughs> what I've learned is we've got an your awesome time off them. boat. <laughs> yeah. Your time yeah. That's right. Yeah, just careful when you step on them. That's right. Um, but I've, i tell you one thing I have learned um, that's been fascinating this year is we've got a really awesome boat building industry yeah. in Victoria. Um, some out in the southeastern suburbs, some in the northern suburbs. It's like houseboats from like your dream world um, yeah. <laughs> at Eildon. Um, and that's, you know, and that's really good too. So we're keen to see more people participating and, and supporting that sector as well. Um, it's interesting, I was talking to uh, uh, Gary uh, Gaffney, who's Trev's counterpart yeah. on the boating side. Head of Better Boating Vic. Yep. Head of Better Boating Vic. And, he, and he'd come across some research out of the United States around the mental health benefits yeah. of being on the water. And, you know, we haven't, we haven't really sort of... Um, dug into this in too much detail yet but just kind of as a headline it makes perfect sense doesn't it? you just feel good when you're by the water it's just you, you can just feel everything slowing down and calming down it's beautiful and i know that's why lots of people love to get out and wet a line and why we're going to keep working away to make it as good an experience for people as we possibly can well i reckon there's a lot of goodwill out there um from fishers and boaters given all of the things that have been it's been achieved that's happened i, I think you know, you know, people sort of are looking at it and going, you know, the sky's the limit in terms of where we can get to with boating and fishing. So um, you know, I think it's fantastic. Trav, I hear there's a lot happening in the world of fresh seafood and aquaculture in Victoria. There's uh, something that we could chat about at a later date, no doubt. Absolutely, Luke. And we're really looking forward to catching up with the Minister as well and and chatting about all of the... Uh, you know the the things that we're doing to improve availability of fresh seafood for Victorians, and a lot of not a lot of people know, but uh, Victoria is now leading the country in terms of aquaculture investment. So we've got some absolute booming industries, whether it's trout, barramundi, um, abalone, mussels, um, they, you know, caviar and salmon in the Yarra Valley. But also, what we're doing is we're removing a lot of the red tape. And the minister uh, recently removed some of the some of the red tape associated with some of our commercial fisheries, uh, which has really assisted in investment in those areas. And we're issuing new permits that we're really keen to talk about because what we want and what this government's committed to and is to make sure that fresh fish is available for Victorian consumers and especially in all of our regional towns. So if you jump in your car and you head to Malacuta, Lakes Entrance, you know, San Remo, uh, Apollo Bay, Warrnambool, Portland, that when you're in those places, you can get and eat some fresh local fish and really enjoy the experience. Yes, we look forward to uh, inviting ourselves back along for another chat and getting into some of the detail about the really exciting things that are going on um, in our commercial fisheries sector because there's just some wonderful... Uh, wonderful fisheries and like and great people who are just so committed to um, the work that they do and the product that they put on plates. Some really interesting uh, partnerships that are um, springing up with some of these new permits with local restaurants, and local adding, tourism yeah. operators as well. And you know, I mean, there's a there's a lot to celebrate. Uh, you know, we're at the 
time of the year where uh, even the people who aren't mad for seafood year-round perhaps think about it a bit more and, yeah, there's a there's a heck of a lot to celebrate and, yeah, we look forward to... Um, Look forward to sharing that with everyone. And it's delicious too. as well. So, oh goodness, yeah, absolutely. I'm so hungry at this even thinking about it. <laughs> That's right. I think a lot of people are very happy at the moment in Victoria, but more importantly, there's so much to be excited about moving forward, which is a, a great thing. As I said earlier in the, in the podcast, I, I think for me, there's never been a better time to be a recreational angler in Victoria. So, great to hear. So, Minister and Trav, thank you so much for your efforts and thanks for your time today on the podcast. It's, uh, it's been great to chat. Thanks so much and congratulations on the um, first podcast. Uh, uh, yeah, look forward to becoming a regular listener and um, whatever it is that's currently number one on the charts, like you're in stride. <laughs> look out. <laughs> Thanks so much, Luke. Thanks, Minister. Subscribe to The Potty Mullet to get new episodes first and continue the conversation on The Potty Mullet Facebook group. You can also jump aboard the VFA Facebook, Instagram and Twitter pages for all the latest fisheries news.